Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, April 25th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 405 featuring NBC Sports Boston's Abby Chin is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Another nice new edition of Celtics Beat. And if you are watching the video feed of this show, as opposed to listening to the podcast, as many of you traditionally do, you will uh, not only hear, but see. I, I feel like you can you can visualize it just through the spoken word, but you can see it if you're watching the video. How much better Abby Chin and her background look than Evan Valenti and I do right now. I'm Adam Kaufman. Happy to be with you. I tell you, I mean, Abby is, she's bringing it. She's coming straight from the set. Doing it from NBC Sports Boston while well, I've just got my archaic DVD wall behind me and Evan, his usual backdrop. How are you? Thanks for being with us. I'm doing all right. Yes, I am coming to you from our studio here in the Boston Media Center in Needham. But I would be much better if the Celtics were coming off of a win instead of another Sunday matinee. I don't know. What what do we even call these? Uh, Hell is what we call them. Loss. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's one thing when you lose games, as we can all agree on. It's another thing where you just feel like it's over from about two minutes into it. And unfortunately, it was one of those games. Where, and these are not common, more common this year for the Celtics than in past years, certainly. But even still, not uber common where the seas just you feel two minutes into it that mm, this probably isn't their day. You know, even with the Hornets undermanned as they are and the Celtics as we know they are, although about as close to full strength as they've been. It's just Robert Williams who missed this one, but Evan Fournier still working his way back from the COVID situation. And obviously is the minutes restriction. He's not himself. Kemba Walker. I know at one point in time in the middle of the game had an injury, but came back. Jalen has missed some time. Jason is, is not fully himself despite the run that we've seen. But what I guess what, before we get into all the, the health element of stuff, Abby, it comes down to, this team, it just continues to be consistently inconsistent, which is the hardest part to know as a fan, media, whatever, just a follower of the team, whether or not you're willing to buy in. And that was, to me, the most frustrating part about this loss on Sunday is that I thought we were past this. I, I really <laughs> thought that that six-game win streak and the way that they won those games against New York, coming back against Denver, which was a Sunday matinee as well, and and just showing the grit 
that they had and, and feeling like they did find an identity on both ends of the floor than to come back and have another performance like we saw today where it felt like they could they thought they could just show up and win. And, and that's not the case. So three out of four is my dog goes nuts. She's not happy. No. Nor should she be, probably, having to, having to sit through this, Evan, having to watch it. Three out of four losses after the six-game win streak. What do we do to make not only ourselves but the canines of the world happy? Uh, watch something else. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> it's gotten to the point this season where, again, we thought you saw maybe a sliver of hope here that the team was getting healthier, starting to play just more connected basketball. You know, just the defensive stuff was getting better. The rotations were getting better. Yes, they were getting down but you could see the the actual fight in this team you, you, at points in the game against Charlotte. They had moments where you thought they might be fighting back, but then Charlotte would just go on an unbelievable run hit a couple of threes. Boston would have a couple of defensive lapses and, you know, unfortunately they get blown out by 19. Um, you know, it reminds me, we had Mark Murphy on, I think right after the Dallas loss where Boston basically didn't have any rim protection in that game. You know, they had one center and then Luke Cornett doing the best he can um, it felt again like Boston missing Robert Williams, you know, leaves, you know, it, it, again, it highlights my biggest problem with this team and it's, you know, roster construction and rim protection. You know, you have Tristan Thompson out there who is, you know, a center, decent wingspan, but again, undersized for the most part. And when they get, you know, Boston who has had trouble throughout the entire season communicating and switching defensively, all flustered. James Borrego's done a great job with that Hornets team this year. Um, playing connected. Uh, they've had injuries as well. They're under Manola Mellow Ball, no Gordon Hayward for, 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 uh, Charlotte. They didn't have any problems. They got Boston a bunch of switches, bunch, and a lot of confusion out there. They got easy looks to the rim or easy shots from three. And, you know, as Jalen said post game, this is a team that was playing really well today. I mean, for some reason, I was a little shocked about how upbeat some of the guys were after the game, but, you know, Charlotte really took it to Boston. Boston wasn't ready energetically at all. We've seen that throughout the year. They're a little lethargic. And by the time they figured some things out, it's a little too late. You know, the Kemba health scare, I mean, it just seems like it's the, the year from hell for this team. I mean, at, at some point, something goes bad, um, whether it's an injury or a COVID situation, and, and they haven't been able to get over the hump and been able to have a, a, a block of games where everybody's healthy. I think the stat on, on ESPN that ran was Boston has had Jalen, Jason, Marcus, and Kemba for only 17 games this year, which is just a like, way well, you're not going to win. You're not going to win that way because you need talent on the floor to win games. So just frustrating again, Adam. So Abby, aside from, you know, being a, a broadcast partner of the Celtics, do you individually have reason to be optimistic with the way things are going right now? Yes. Um, I think the way that we have seen Kemba play over the month of April, and if he can bring that, if he can be 80% of the Kemba that we have come to expect, I think that that will be huge for this team going forward. And I am also optimistic, like Evan said, the absence of Robert Williams has proven to be an even bigger issue than I think anyone had could have predicted just in the fact of what he was doing with that starting unit on offense. He was moving the ball and also doesn't allow defenses to pack the paint because you have to draw Robert out of the paint or else you at least have to account for him because he will just come in behind you and dunk on your face. So for that, it opens up a lot of things offensively and then defensively just to have a guy who can provide that kind of rim protection and that kind of communication. We hear from, 
um, the assistant coaches, just how much Rob has improved in communication defensively. And so I, I do think that that is a huge thing that is missing for this team right now. And then you add in the fact that yes, Evan Fournier is coming off a battle with COVID. He said he didn't feel well for four to five days and still trying to work his way back. I think there are areas to look to for positivity, but I agree with Evan that it's it's in this season, the fact that they can be so Jekyll and Hyde and look like two completely different teams. It's just frustrating. And it, and it's frustrating because of the expectations that are on this group. And regardless of how many games they lose and how flat they come out over and over again, those expectations remain. We haven't seen Robert Williams play in 12 days as we talk right now. There's no question that his performance as you've both highlighted and alluded to has correlated with winning. I mean, the last X number of games that he played in, let's see, they won six out of seven, uh, nine out of 11, I think it was, or, or something of, of close to that anyway, before he went out with the injury. And now, like I said, we haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Are you at all alarmed about the status of the injury and the fact that, you know, we're not really hearing anything about, okay, well, should this be a couple more days or a couple more games? We don't really have a timeline on this guy right now. I was feeling really hopeful when I saw him on the sidelines in Brooklyn, the fact that he made the trip with the team, but also because he was wearing a Whitney Houston shirt, which (laughs) as Chris Forsberg just came into the studio, I was trying to turn the lights out on me. I did figure it out though, Forsberg. Well, he was just on with us last week or the week before. So he probably figures, you know, NBC Sports Boston's well represented at this point. Where are you, Forsberg? What's going on, everybody? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yes. What is this? You're, You're supposed to be suited and booted. Dude, I, I'm, I'm actually uh, not at work today. I'm actually at home today. I can put a suit on just for you, Forsberg, if you'd like. This is actually really You're good. You're wearing kid. a hoodie. I, I just get done work, Abby. I, 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 I can put on my blazer if I have to. But As long as no one is I'll go blazer and blazer, Abby. You don't want to do that with me right now. i got to hold a closet at my dispense right now. You know I'm jealous. <laughs> you can't let him get up and get dressed. It, it's good that you have brought back the hoodie and blazer, though, just in time for this program. All right, Forsberg, you, you had your time last yeah, week. <laughs> Did you guys know Abby has a new podcast? I do. View from the Rafters. She does. We've had, we've had her partner on recently. Yeah, we well. had, uh, we had Grandy on, uh, I don't know, a few, in the last few weeks. Oh, right, yeah. right. I think that actually, whatever day it was that the show Bye, launched, See you later. he was on with us that day. He promoted it heavily, which, uh, yeah. which as, as you would expect, and, and we invited him to do. In fact, we even started with it with him. I think we did the first like 20 minutes on View from the Rafters, and we're, we're going to do it with you as well, not to worry. I think that was the debut week. It's only been out a few weeks, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will be happy to talk, discuss that with you. I, yeah, I well, can we even want to promote other podcasts in the Celtics people. family for sure. Yeah, sounds good. We just want to panic over Robert Williams first. That's yeah. <laughs> that's all. Oh well, then let me bring Forsberg back because yeah. you know the, the president of the Rob Williams fan club. Um, I will fight so, him for that title. <laughs> I was feeling optimistic about Rob seeing him, not only because of the Whitney T-shirt, but just seeing yeah. him on the sidelines. Uh, and then to hear Brad speak today and say he's getting better. Brad, I feel like, was much more vague pregame on Sunday than he has been, where uh, I feel like the last few games he said, maybe the next one. We're hoping he'll play at some point this weekend. We're hoping. And I think that that has kind of gone away. So that's my only cause for concern um is the way the language has has changed for Brad Stevens and I, I think he just doesn't want to overpromise, obviously and get people excited but as we know with Rob these these soft tissue injuries do have a tendency to linger there was um I mean when he first came into the league and and was that a knee or a back that they were trying to strengthen forever mm-hmm. 
And then he missed large chunks of last season due to another injury. So I am hopeful. I, I, I think that obviously if Danny Ainge felt there was any inkling of anything, he wouldn't have traded away Daniel Tice to open up this room for Dan, for uh, Rob to step into the starting lineup. So I'm hopeful that he will return soon. As we chat here with Abby Chin, and again, to highlight, because I don't know, people may listen to this a, a few days, days from now as, as we record it. But as I, as I talk to you right now at, at roughly 5 o'clock on Sunday on the heels of that Hornets loss, this C's team has 11 games left in the regular season. As we know, there's the play-in tournament situation. They are sitting currently, knowing not all the games for today have even been played yet. There are more still to be played later on. But currently, they are sixth. Tied for sixth, uh, really, in the Eastern Conference with Miami, both at 32 and 29. Of the final 11 here, what is the priority for this team? You know, because Brad has said, we're not worried about the play-in tournament in the sense that we're not going, you know, win-chasing right now. You know, our, our, our priority is, is getting as healthy as possible to be ready for when we need to be ready for when the postseason rolls around. But, I mean, we're going to blink, and the playoffs are going to be here in one form or another. What do they need to highlight right now in these last few weeks? I mean, this is such a Brad Stevens answer, but playing good basketball. Playing <laughs> Hit singles. Basketball for long stretches of time, like Evan was saying, playing connected basketball particularly on the defensive end and then figure out what you want to do offensively to get the ball moving and how you can do that without Rob Williams or without even a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown on the floor and so I agree with Brad and that you health obviously is the number one priority but when you look at those standings I cannot take my eyes away from that four or five spot and, and the matchup possibilities that are there, whether it's the Knicks or the Hawks or even the Heat. But I like the Celtics' chances in those matchups more so than I do having to start off in a sixth seed or with this team and the inconsistency and the issues with confidence that we have seen in them to drop far enough down to get into that play-in tournament scenario. I I am fearful of that. So I do. I think getting to that four or five spot is really important for this group. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All of that, you know, more connected basketball, communicating better. Um, I think though, at the, at this particular juncture, not chasing wins, that's fine. And if you're not going to do that, you need to manage the minutes of Jason and Jalen. And you can throw Kemba in there as well, because you're always going to be worried about Kemba's minutes. Although Danny has talked about how they feel a little more comfortable giving Kemba more minutes. But again, with the injury, potential that we back saw back. they still have a couple in there and so he will miss some games yeah so you know finding a way to again Jalen and Jason have done an unbelievable job trying to carry this team for the entire season um and and you know again anything that has happened this year those guys you know they've had their problems but for the most part have been really really outstanding um I would try and give those guys as much not time off but just just trying to you know lessen their load a little bit throughout the rest of the year because Look, this team is going absolutely nowhere if they're not healthy. And they're not, then even if they're healthy, in order to beat a team like Milwaukee, who just blew the doors off Philadelphia the other day, uh, in order to beat a, you know, a Brooklyn team that apparently is not going to have James Harden the rest of the regular season, but is going to, you know, get healthier as the postseason starts and has, you know, a three headed monster that nobody really knows what's going to happen with that yet. And of course, Philadelphia. In order to beat those three teams, you're going to need superhuman efforts probably from Jalen and Jason, okay, with the way the season's gone and what we have for data and how unpredictable this team is. 
you're going to need both those guys playing their best at the most important time of the year. So finding a way to get those guys some rest um, would be critical for me. Because, again, if you don't have either of those guys playing at 100%, you're not going anywhere. You're going to get absolutely blown. You're going to get smoked. In, you know, maybe it's not the first round. Maybe you, you have a nice fight if you're the sixth seed or the seventh seed. Um, but it still results in a round one loss. And if you're playing four or five, again, you know, maybe the matchup's a little bit better and you're playing an Atlanta team that's very inexperienced or you're playing a Knicks team that, you know, has, has played really hard this year, but again, has a lot of, uh, inexperience when it comes to the playoffs. So, um, just finding a way, you know, seating is not going to be a huge thing for this team. I don't think, um, I'd love you to four or five, but again, the, the odds of that are interesting. Um, but finding a way to get your, your core guys healthy is, is huge at this point and it's paramount. And, you know, Jalen has this, you know, knee tendonitis that he's going to have to manage, not just for this year, but maybe for well, the rest of his career. I mean, I wonder if that was affecting him tonight as well. Yeah. He he was what scoreless in the first quarter and then had 12 points quickly in the second. I, I don't know what happened there, but you know, it's one of those things. Well, and Danny, and Adam, is, what are you prioritizing? Well, I'm fearful of, uh, for Jalen Brown. I mean, it's irrelevant, I guess, to, to the short-term question of, of the regular season, the playoffs. I, I'm wondering about Jalen Brown's knee going forward. You know, we, we, we talk all the time about the concern over Kemba Walker's knee. And obviously he's, you know, right around 30 years old. Jalen Brown hasn't even really entered his prime years yet in the NBA, at least based on what his NBA clock could look like. The way Ainge has talked about that knee in past radio interviews really concerns me if, if this is all of a sudden something that needs to be managed long term. If, if we're just talking about managing it in the coming weeks, the playoffs this year, whatever these things happen. If we have to worry about what Jalen Brown's knee looks like next year, the year after that, the year after that, from a, a, an actual load management standpoint, that's, that's a little, I'm not going to go so far as to call it alarming, but it's absolutely concerning with uh, respect to, I guess, the short term. I'm uh, I'm, I agree with everything that you guys said about playing connected basketball. And, and obviously that needs to be number one. I just, I sort of feel like that's something that, that you can't control if you're the coaching staff, like you're going to tell all the guys what you expect from them. And they're, they're either going to go out there and they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. And, and you hope obviously that these guys respond the way they need to for what you can control is how you're going to manage minutes. You know, going back to what Evan talked about managing Jalen, managing Jason, managing Kemba, as you've both talked about Fournier and what his situation is coming off of the COVID and all these other, obviously Robert Williams. And when is he going to be back? Is he going to be back? And I, we believe he is going to be, but that to me is, is sort of the bigger thing. You're not chasing wins. You're not worried about seeding. Unless it gets to a point where all of a sudden you're losing so much and you fall and you really do fall into like the 10 seed, then okay, you need to go out and, and maybe alter some things because God forbid you miss the playoffs. And I don't think that's going to happen, but that changes the narrative a little speak bit. Speak it, with, Adam. Let's, let's not just, let's not let that enter into the conversation. Yeah, I mean, heaven forbid. But, but that is, they are so, in, in your words, they are so Jekyll and Hyde that would anyone be shocked if all of a sudden like they dropped five Did in a row? Yes. You mean, or if they lost in the play in tournament? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think anyone would be shocked if they lost in the play in tournament. I don't think you could be any more or less shocked by a loss in the play in tournament or a loss in the conference finals. I really don't. I think the happy medium, we talked about this last week. You know, I, I my expectation for this team is a second round loss. 
And I think that's what most people's expectation for this team should be. And if you fall on, on, you know, one better or one worse, meaning a, a first round play in loss or a loss in the conference finals, cause they they're healthy and they got hot. I don't think either one of those should shock you. you know, the only thing that should really shock you is if they like actually reach the NBA finals, <laughs> you know, and everything else to me is in play for this team. And it's probably a second round loss. I am not as concerned about Jalen Brown's knee. Uh, he has spoken about it and said he is frustrated, can't believe at 24 years old, this is something that he's got to be thinking about and worrying about. But I do think it's helpful that it's on the radar now at his age. And so he mm-hmm. will take good care of it going forward. And as will, you know, the training staff that works with him every step of the way. And hearing from Perk, Perk said he dealt with tendonitis throughout his entire career. And as a big man, that puts so much more weight and pressure on um those joints and, and he sure. was able to play with it, play through it and play for as long as the league would have him as we saw. So <laughs> I am not uh, as concerned about the tendonitis. And then we even saw Jalen has played. Um, this was just his second game in the last five. He missed one game, the golden state game. I think it was um, due to the knee and he came back and was gangbusters, put up 37 points. And mm-hmm. then he missed the next two um, because of that shoulder bursitis, which is what I think must, have been an issue, the issue today because if it was just the knee he would have been fresh and that is something that um these injuries and guys missing time they should be fresh I mean this is the good thing about maybe Rob Williams missing some time is that he will be good to go for the stretch run you hope and then into the postseason I mean Evan Fournier coming back from COVID when he does start to get a little bit of a rhythm back hopefully that is something that will help them um and Tristan Thompson we've seen has been a bear since he came back from his COVID bout and has been a really big piece to the success that they were having. Um, but yes, that's, and, and then, like I said, to me, that's what makes these last two games so frustrating. It, it felt like they took so many steps forward just to take two huge leaps back. No disrespect to Perk though, but him and Jason, uh, him and Jalen Brown are two level athletes, two different level athletes. Yeah. And the, 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 what you need from each guy, like Perk was, sure. Not, again, not to not to air perk out here, but he was a defensive enforcer and a rebounder. Jalen is like entrusted with running the offense for certain. Well, strength. my my question too, and it, like none of us are capable of answering it. It's it's a question that Perk would have to answer. But my question in response to what you said, Abby, about you know Perk playing through it is, at what degree? Like, what percentage of yourself, Perk, were you? Because that you know alters how you feel about the Jalen situation. He just, I feel like every time we ask him about it, it comes up. He does not seem that concerned. So I will, yeah. if that gives you any sort of comfort. It does. Well, <laughs> Burke would not hesitate to tell us if he's uh, upset or concerned about something. So at least yeah. we do have that. It's true. Then he tells us to carry the hell on. Exactly. <laughs> Let's take a, uh, a quick break before we carry on to tell you bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action folks football of course is long over in fact it'll be back sooner and later nfl draft is later this week you got uh, nba uh, nhl they're in full swing major league baseball as well nba title odds so the nets kyrie irving's nets plus 225 to win a championship the lakers the defending champs led by lebron whenever he comes back ad as well plus 325 to repeat as champs the clippers plus 575 the jazz at plus 750 i am not a believer in utah whatsoever when it comes to winning a championship the celtics if you happen to think that uh, all the all this health stuff 
It's it's going to get worked out. It's fluky. Don't worry about it. Plus 4,000 to win a title. Abby, would you put a game check on that? Plus 4,000 for the Celtics to win a title this year? Not a game check. Not a whole <laughs> game check. I would not. Not, uh, I mean, not, not, not mortgage, not, uh, not, not the, uh, the kids college education fund, maybe just yeah. one, one, one day at the office. A Benjamin. I'll put a Benjamin on yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, NFL draft. Like we talked about, it's this week. Betonline.ag has, is loaded with some fun prop bets. Uh, some of Evan's favorites here over four and a half cornerbacks drafted in round one, minus one fifty. Over a half a safety, which means a safety drafted in the first at minus 220 and under six and a half offensive linemen taken in round one at minus 110. Those are some that are jumping out to Evan along with all the quarterback odds that he is obsessed with and rightfully so as a Patriots fan. Bet online has you uh, covered for all the news, scores and odds. It's the best way. To place your bets, it is free to sign up as well, folks. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code at CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, the promo code is CLNS50. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So as we uh, chat here with Abby Chin, one thing that we did get into on the last show, Abby, which at this point was, I don't know, eight, nine days ago, something like that, was uh, which player in particular and knowing what you know now so you're not even assuming full health or anything like that you're you're very much surface value looking at this team the players where they sit right here in this very moment and just projecting ahead which one player to you is the biggest x factor for this team's success in the postseason evan and i gave our thoughts on it last week but i'm curious what you think Biggest X factor, I feel like has to be Kemba Walker and his health and, and what he can do for this team. Uh, he raises the talent level, as we know, and, and we've seen what they look like without him. But also, I think that it's going to be important for him. I think that he really wants to come out and show that he can win in the postseason that obviously has been a knock on him his entire career and something that he dealt with even in the bubble when he wasn't feeling 100% and he has admitted that since then and so I I think he he is a key piece for this team obviously in taking some of the load off of Jalen and Jason because the load that they have had to carry this season has been immense and it's not only on the court but also in the locker room and I think that he will be, he is the most important part outside of those two. Evan, you said Kemba, didn't you? I did. I did. I agree with Abby. Um, just because again, the ceiling gets raised when Kemba is Kemba Walker. Um, when we made the argument for Evan Fournier last week as well, because if Kemba's not himself, well then, you know, Fournier is able to give, give them what he gave them, you know, quickly to, to, the flashes to start before he unfortunately went on the, uh, you know, on, on the the COVID, the COVID list, and, and was was out for uh, what was yeah ten days or whatever. Felt mm-hmm. like more like 19. a month, longer than nineteen, yeah. right? Nineteen, yeah, felt 19. more like a month. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm starting to maybe waver a little bit just because, again, what you see when Robert Williams is on the floor and the, how bad this team is defensively. Um, just again, they're. There are nights where Boston shoots the lights out and everything's great and, and everybody looks awesome, but there are nights when they shoot terribly, like against, you know, Charlotte. And if there's any afternoon games at all throughout this playoff run, I think they're going to be in a little bit of trouble considering what we've seen. But they're, the problem is, again, defensively, they're not 
anywhere near what we've seen out of Brad Stevens' teams the last couple of years. So once you have Rob gone, you have no rim protection and guys just get layups and threes all game. That's what you saw with, with this, with Charlotte. And I don't think that's, you know, again, something that's not uncommon. It wouldn't happen again if they were in the playoffs. Let's say they get, you know, Philadelphia in the first round. Uh, you're going to get absolutely tortured by Embiid for, I don't know, how, however long you make the series last. He's going to kill you. Um, you know, who, if you, tell you with, with Rob, no. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't really <laughs> matter, but at least I'd, I'd have a little bit more confidence if they had Rob Williams in that, in that particular uh, matchup. It's a fair point though. Um, but yeah, their defensive numbers are just, again, they, they were, they were corrected. Uh, at, at one point, Adam, you know, we're talking about, you know, this team had the fourth best net rating over mm-hmm. so many games in April and it was starting to really look awesome. And their defensive rating had turned around, I think had gone down, you know, 13 points or something in the past 15 games. But again, now here we're back to give 120 plus to Charlotte without two of their best offensive creators. So, um, you know, I, I, as we talk about Fournier, we talk about Kemba, two huge offensive pieces of this team. I've always talked about how this team has bothered me defensively. And Rob Williams is as big a part of this team defensively as anybody, anybody outside of what Marcus Smart, maybe. So I, I will just throw. Rob's name into the ring is hat, you know, throw his name in the ring just for, just to give it a little bit something different because we're all going to say offensive guys. Rob's really important in this team. And if they don't have him there or have a healthy him, they're totally lost. Adam, I will say, and, and I know mm-hmm. you said barring health and what we know now, but I feel good about this playoff rotation. Once you cut it down and you have the guys who you know that you can rely on and you have the Celtics core four plus Tristan Thompson, Rob Williams, Evan Fournier, and, and can Jabari Parker maybe sneak in there just for that experience and that length and, and give let us pray. Presence? I know. <laughs> no one likes Jabari Parker. Like I'd like Jabari Parker. So let us pray. But then you I'm can, uh, you know, work through the matchups. So then it's a Peyton Pritchard or a Grant Williams or a Shemi Ojale, whatever that mm-hmm. matchup calls for. I feel much better about that rotation, knowing that every man to a man, they know their role. They know what they're out there doing. And then, Evan, you talk about the importance of defense and, and individual guys, but, but that falls back on Jalen and Jason as well. They are two of the rangiest defenders on the wing in the league. And when those guys buckle down, it is, it makes a difference. And so it's, it's possible for them to be a top defensive team in the league. They just have to want to do it. And and I think that the stage has to be there for that. You know, I, I've spoken with some of the Celts beat writers, not only on the show, but away from the show, just, you know, texting, talking about the season, what's going on. And, you know, they have, I would say almost, almost in unison expressed boy I wish we knew why this team is so dysfunctional at points or why it's so inconsistent at points and much of that naturally is just the pandemic reality that we're in you know guys are and and gals that like nobody's in the locker room with all of these players as as once upon a time was, was the normal case. You could have those individual off the record, personal conversations. You could get a feel for what was going on, but the whole Tristan Thompson situation, is he a good teammate, bad teammate? Like guys could be in there and, and digging into this situation. But for you, I have to imagine, and I'm curious because you have your pre-existing relationships, obviously, maybe you're, you know, texting with players independent of obviously being able to see them in person. I have no idea, but you know, once upon a time before, obviously you became the NBC Sports Boston's studio host, you're on the sidelines, you're traveling, you're, you know, 
in you're hearing the huddle at at short range distance. I mean, your information gathering ability was so much more so than it is right now for you know, what you're used to for what everybody is used to just with what we're dealing with right now. Do you feel like you are at a loss for what is up with this team versus, you know, how you would normally feel connected to it? Yes. But to me, it it doesn't necessarily have to do with the zooms and and yes, that is very different. And you're right. Typically I I do travel with them. I I do. I'm not like texting guys at all hours, but I, sure. You are, I are, I am on the plane, on the bus. You see those interactions um, in person. To me, this season and the struggles are because the Celtics' two stars are 22. I mean, Jason's 23 now, but are 22 and 24 years old. And it is a lot to be the man in the NBA, more so than, than I even understood, I think. And I think it's more so than even Jason and Jalen understood when they were asking for this. And now that they've been handed the keys, it was a lot to take on. And it's a lot to be that man inside that locker room in front of all those other men and, and to get all of them to come together. And so I do think it's a lot to ask of those two. It's, it's more than I, than I thought it was. And so I think we're seeing them. Jalen and Jason grow. We have seen a growth in them and it, it is a process. And, and while we have seen them succeed at the highest levels, getting to three out of four Eastern conference finals for Jalen, although he wasn't a huge part of that first one, there's nothing that can prepare you. I mean, you guys know it, Adam, it's like doing television reps. There's nothing that can prepare you for that, the moment that that red light comes on and it's just you and that camera. And so I think that they have, it's a learning process. It's one that is going to take time. One that I think that they are very invested in doing and will succeed. I will never doubt Jalen and Jason in the long run that they will be able to figure it out. And I just think that it, it was a lot to thrust upon them from the beginning of the season in expectations in their roles and everything that they were asked to do. And they thrived early. It became too much in the middle there. And and now I think they're still kind of trying to sift their way out of that. And so I don't know whether um, that opinion has to do with only listening and hearing everyone over zoom. Um, and it is different. It's a lot tougher, but I, I do feel like even when we are there in the locker room and, and you guys know this, there, there's definitely still a separation, you know, mm-hmm. you can kind of um, feel different pulses or different auras, if you will, um, yeah. being inside that locker room, but no one's coming up to you and be like, Hey man, I really, I really don't like Tristan Thompson. That dude, <laughs> like that, that would never happen. And so sure. <laughs> it's not like, um, you know, I, I don't know how to phrase it. I, I just think that that's um, baseball where they just openly dump on their teammates. I know Cause there's more <laughs> of them, right? There's only 15 guys in right. the team now. Um, and they, they have many places to hide from us when we are in there anyway, right. as well. But, um, I do, I, to me, that's what it comes down to this season. And, and I do think they are going to figure it out and it's, um, just a matter of when they do. And if it is this season. I know we all hope it is. There's <laughs> no doubt about that. Again, we're we're getting uh, dangerously close to the playoffs to where it – and this blew my mind too, Ev. I, I don't know if this is something you thought about, Abby. It's probably something that, that crossed your mind. But I saw Mark D'Amico, another good friend of this show, tweet out, I don't know, last week, sometime in the last – recently anyway, that 
it, it was April, whatever. And it's like, you know, today normally would be game one of the playoffs, but now we got to wait another month. And I was like, holy crap, it would like, this is, I, I don't think I really wrap my head around the difference in the schedule this year compared to normal until I saw that tweet. And it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess we would be starting the playoffs about now. And what's we're, we're still doing these regular season, April games. What's up with this? No, it's totally off. But then the summer being so short, and I don't know when winter fell in any part of this year. So, I mean, I'm well, excited. about how many games they've, they've crowded into this schedule, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that – look, we're all thankful that basketball is happening, I think. I think a lot of people are – you know, whether your team is good or not, I think it's just like, oh, cool, we'll be able to, you know, this feels somewhat normal. But one of the things that – is unfortunate about this season is they packed so many games in such a small period of time. And, you know, they started, um, it was questioned whether they would start in, you know, January, Martin Luther King day would be the official start of the basketball season. And like a month prior to that, no, we're actually going to do this instead after, you know, certain teams have gone much further than others. Um, and they've packed the schedule to be, you know, it's not as many games, but basically this schedule has happened in, at like light speed. It feels like every other day the Celtics are playing. It's just like, all right, and another day, the day off. Now we're back to work again, which again has been nice just for filling blocks of television programming, I'm sure. But for guys that are playing on the court, yeah, I'm sure it hasn't been fun trying to, you know, navigate, you know, trying to take care of your body um, after a game, just getting it ready to go to another game. So like, I get Mark's points. Like, you know, it feels like we should be playing playoff basketball right now. And we saw it a little while ago, but it also, I, I, the one thing that I think is interesting, and I think a lot of people talked about it after Jamal Murray's injury is like, some of these guys are, are really going balls to the wall here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of the lack of downtime, the lack of recovery time, um, we might be, um, you know, hurting these guys more than we think. Um, you know, the, these, these injuries, there's wear and tear injuries might be happening more frequently than, than past years. I mean, we don't know that there's no way to collect all the data on that, but it's, it certainly feels like that sometimes. Injuries actually down by like five or 6% this hmm. season, although it does feel like bigger injuries are happening to bigger stars, which is why we take notice. But Evan, to your point, Scal, um, on our show recently talked about that, how much he feels like this is an, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he, he does not like the way the, what this season is doing to the players. And I don't think anybody could have known what would have happened or, um, but Scal is really big on the fact that he feels like the players themselves, when you have this many games and you put it in front of them, they're not, they can't go 100% every other night. And he's also really big, has told me often that the players would rather play a back-to-back -back on back-to-back -back nights so that you do get those two days off and you get a complete off day for at least one of those days where you don't have to even go into the facility. Mm. But, um, and this is something that I asked Jason Tatum, I think last week, just what, you know, the biggest lessons that you've learned from this season. And, and I really thought he would say something about leadership or, um, you know, kind of taking a team on yourself, but he talked about COVID and the fact that this team, as Brad Stevens puts it, you know, have been thrown so many curveballs. You never know what's going to happen. You have to be ready for anything. And the fact is they don't ever get a day off. They have to get tested every single day. They have to go into the facility or into some facility and get tested, What whether it's early in the morning or late in the evening. And I think that's taking as much a toll on these guys as it is playing every other day. And then, so when you compound those things, yes, I think it is a lot.
to let people know uh, behind the curtain here. Um, so I've, I've got I've got my laptop, but because I have such extreme independent wealth, I also have an external monitor. I have two screens. Yeah, I know. Negadest, you got Negadest going on over there, Adam. It's quite a thing, I got to tell you. Uh, but so I don't often uh, look over at at all of us. I've got you know whatever else uh, tabs open on on my primary screen with this camera that I'm looking into here. Uh, but but the other screen is, is where all of you live, you know, in, in the Zoom window. And occasionally I will glance, and I just glanced, and I didn't know. Did you go put on a jacket, Evan, after yeah. Forsberg gave you a hard time? I did. Or were you wearing that the whole time? <laughs> no, I I during the. Uh... And I couldn't tell what it was. Sorry. Yeah, during the bet online ad read, I pieced out and put a jacket on because Forsberg gave me outside. That's what I thought. I was like, no, I don't think he had that on when I joined the Zoom call. It is a nice Forsberg, you hurt my feelings. Nice. What? It looks like a nice jacket. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's got like a diamond, like kind of flashy sort of pattern to it with some black piping on the lapel. But it's, it's a very, fun piece. Very involved sure. in the uh, in the retail. Uh, is it only men's clothing world or is it women's as well? We do a little bit of women's, but it's much more difficult, man. And I feel for all women out there who try and buy clothing, it's just when you look at like the beauty of men's wear and men's clothing is everything fits pretty much consistently. You know, if you buy within a brand, everything fits kind of the same. And even that, if you go brand to brand, a lot of things fit very similarly and you just can kind of navigate. Women's brands are so all over the map. Like even in the same brand, the same line of clothing, things will fit way different. And you're like, how am I supposed to sell this when there's no consistency? So over the past couple of years of selling women's clothes, I've been able to, um, you know, just feel for women shopping at any point in their lives. And so I've, I've been able to understand their problems a little bit more when it comes to buying. And whether you're buying, you know, in person or online, it's always just kind of a crapshoot. Abby, your thoughts. Uh, well, I'll let you in on a little secret. Most of us, uh, many of us in TV do rent the runway or something like that where you Mm -hmm. rent pieces. And so it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter if it fits or not because I only have to wear it once and then I'm going to send it back. So I can bring in whatever safety pins or whatever needs to happen for that to get through once. And uh, this season is even better because in the studio, you only see me from waist up. And so, uh, before when I had to go to the arena, it did matter whether okay. everything was covered. And now, um, I wore a yellow dress that, uh, had a little bit of a neck the other day, but it was completely open in the back and the slit went up past my hip. When I put the dress <laughs> on, I, I, did not understand or comprehend where anyone was wearing this dress or why it was made that way. But, you know, I put some... Was it made for someone just taller than you or? I don't think so. I, I think the way that it was, I, I think it was, you know, for going out. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's just, it's, that's it's a going a, out dress for sure. Yeah, it's a going out dress. <laughs> who had somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I put my leggings on underneath it and you can't see my back. So it didn't matter. It worked. It looked beautiful on TV. So. Here's the question, though: Have you ever have you worn sweatpants on set this year at all? Absolutely. Yeah. I I wouldn't no not I, I haven't worn like big baggy sweatpants. I yeah. wear leggings. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. probably fifty percent of the time because it's cold in here, and so whatever <laughs> dress I'm wearing, I typically um, wear leggings to keep my legs warm. But um, that is a little behind the curtain. I don't know if people really want to know about all that. But I, I will. Think people want to know. One of the less care if they do or they don't because I, I think it's it is to wear dresses. That's why women wear dresses because you only need one piece. Whereas 
if you wear pants and the jackets and the shirts, you need three different pieces and it just gets exhausting. See, so, you know, I, I guess Abby's probably not going to come in and shop with you, Ev, but, okay. you know. But, but, Evan, where but, are you selling but, women's clothes? We're, I'm, I'm, we're, out, we're out in Pittsfield, so we're about a two and a half hour drive from, well, it depends with the traffic instruction now. It's way different now. Okay. But yeah, we're on the other, well, I'm closer to New York than I am to Boston. Like I said, I'm, I am a freelance, so I'm open to. There you go. Yeah, I've talked to Forsberg. I've yeah. talked to Forsberg about this as well. We got to start getting some merch on the shows. That way we can, uh, we can get, we can get a little, uh, a little brand recognition going. Maybe I'll send you something. My IG this. live feed before every pregame show. That's true. She'll, <laughs> yeah. If, 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 well, if, if you're not, if you're not checking out the, uh, the stories there for Abby on, yes. on the gram with, you know, to, like, this is what I will be wearing. And here's a key stat from the game. Right. This, you know, this is how we do the promotion right around. This is synergy. I will say this. So Kaufman, you have terrible fashion taste. Every time I put something on my Instagram of like, yes or no, you always don't like it. I don't understand. You can, you can tell how in each individual's voting. I didn't know. Yeah. That. I know exactly how you vote. You never vote for now anything. You know. I post. He sees you. <laughs> I don't get it. I've, I've tried to, I was going to call you out so many times. I'm like, dude, how do you not like anything that I put on here? Not one I feel thing. Like I do like some of it. You never yeah. vote yes. That's never. not true. I think it's a bit at this point. <laughs> I had no so idea. That, at this point. I had, now see, you, I'm, can't, I'm now so, you can't like anything ever. Like, no, I'm so I'm so Instagram dumb that it's like true. I had no idea that you can see not. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I know you can see like how people are voting, but in terms of like whatever percentage yes versus no, I didn't know you could actually see who is voting for what. Oh yeah, I, I see all of it, and I, I that's yeah. how I know it helps me buy, right? So is is reason why I post that stuff? It's crowdsourcing for me. I'm wearing a T-shirt right now that says "You just got lit up." I th- I don't think I don't think anyone here needs to uh, quibble over my fashion sense. I think we all know how bad it is. Yes. What's the last? My DVD wife will be the first to tell you. From back there. What's that? What's the last DVD that you watched? Well, that's a great question. Oh God. Well, I can tell you the last movie I watched, which was Mortal Kombat on HBO oh, awesome Max last it. night. Was What's it that? awesome? The new one? The new one. Yeah, it just came out on Friday. It's uh, the the very short summary is uh, it's fun. Like, if you liked the game, it's a really fun movie. The special effects are incredible. The kills, the fights, the choreography of the fights, all phenomenal. The acting, a little something to be desired. As, as You're going to Mortal Kombat. What's that? You're going to Mortal Kombat. Nobody's going to go watch Mortal Kombat. No, but <laughs> no, but no, but but here's here's where I defend that. So Kano, the dude who plays Kano, whoever he is, steals every scene that he's in. He's incredible. He's funny. He's like, I mean, he's just, the one who paid the big bucks. Everyone else is just kind of yeah. I guess so. Like he's he's amazing. But the um, but so Sonya Blade, uh, who of course in the original Mortal Kombat was played by. Uh, Mrs. Pete Sampras, uh, or otherwise known as Veronica Vaughn from from yep. Billy Madison, Bridget Wilson, maybe I think is her I real know, name. I, I just know but, it's Veronica um, Vaughn. Yeah, that that Veronica Vaughn. So I, um, but there, there's like one line, like the line in the in the, the that's it's like the the big line of the whole movie is her explaining to this dude Cole, you know, why they're trying to basically save Earth, and it's like, and there's this, you know 
outer realm competition and it's called Mortal Kombat. And the way that she delivers this line is just so cheeky and dumb and off-putting that it really, it, it soiled some of the experience for me. The last DVD on the wall that I've watched though, really, I don't know. I mean, many of them are old as you would expect. Evidently with this streaming there. thing, most people don't buy DVDs anymore, Abby. Do you even have a DVD player? I was going to say, I think the bottom line here is that uh, we would rather talk about this than the way the Celtics are playing over these last two games. We could at least be more engaged and entertaining about it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before we do let you go, uh, obviously, as, as mentioned earlier, you have joined the ranks of uh, the greater Celtics family with podcasts. You, Sean Grandy, Mark D'Amico, of course, Kendrick Perkins, all together, uh, maybe all together at once, maybe in, in, in rotation. I don't know. You could explain it. View from the Rafters, uh, the new uh, Celtics podcast in partnership with the team itself, which is the first of its kind as well. I know you've released a few episodes, long form, in-depth, interesting stories that really get to know people uh, and, and your guests in a, a, a much deeper level level versus you know game commentary like we do here uh so tell us a little bit more about it and how you're enjoying it so far yeah that has been the most fun part are the conversations that we've had um but it is a rotation so um we our first conversation was with all four of us and Danny Ainge and then we've kind of split off from there just D'Amico and I talked to Marcus Smart and then uh Bill Walton was last week that conversation with Sean Grandy and Perk along with Mark D'Amico. And then this week coming up is an in-depth conversation with Evan Turner. Mm. I don't know actually if I've been authorized to preview that, but that was a, It's out. That <laughs> we're, was, told, yeah. we're told the people. I don't know. There are many layers over at the Celtics. I'm not sure what I'm cleared to do. But um, no, it's been amazing. I'm so grateful to be a part of it, number one, because when I was first contacted about it, it was um, after the Celtics' last game last season and I didn't know what the future held for me at that time so the fact that I was still getting this chance to be involved with the most storied franchise in all of professional sports I absolutely um grabbed for it and and said yes whatever you guys want I'm there let me know when and what we're doing and I will be there um and so I was really excited about it to begin with but then to now be actually doing it and and hearing being a part of these conversations that we're having is so much more rewarding than I could have even imagined. I mean, you know, I, I know Marcus Smart's story and I feel like I've told bits and pieces of it in, in short increments, but to hear him tell his story in his own words and everything that he's been through, all of the loss that he has experienced, to hear it from himself is something that I have not experienced. And it is, it, to me just holds so much more value and meant so much more coming from him. And, um, and then from, from that, we also talked to, I mean, I think we saw a side of Danny Ainge that isn't out there, which is incredible because he's been a part of all of our lives for so long and appears on a weekly radio interview. But I learned things about Danny just in that conversation, more things about Danny than I have in the eight years that I've been here. And so it's a really interesting format and in that it is different. We're not talking about the day-to-day. We want it to be something that you can go back to anytime and just learn about these individuals. I feel like we get to know them or we think we know them so well, especially with their presence on social media, but there's just so much more as there are to all of us. And so I think it's really cool that we do get to, we are getting to highlight those other sides of their personalities. Is there, and so I, I, 
I'll be careful to ask this in such a way that I, I don't want you to betray anything that you can't say that you may already know going forward. Okay. Certainly things we are unaware of. Okay. Is there one guest of that show you would really love to have on at some point going forward that you would like to talk to and have a deeper dive conversation with? Um, like who would my... Like, who would your dream guest be, I guess, to interview on that show? Like, is it, I mean, is it Bill Russell? Is it, is it some, I, I don't know, is it Larry Bird? Is it somebody that we're not even thinking about? Let me think. I mean, it's anyone. I think that everyone is really interesting. I, I of course, Larry Bird, Bill Russell. Um, I know KG, we're working really hard to make that happen. And yeah. it, we get to a deep dive on KG. I think that that would be amazing. And to put the parental advisory logo on that yeah, one. A lot of beeps. Um, <laughs> they do get edited. So I think yeah. that's all right. Um, but I mean, like Perk told the story on pregame live when we were talking about KG recently and that Isaiah Thomas will be um, presenting him at the Hall of Fame. That yeah. the start to KG's life, the way that Perk told the story is he and his sister were dropped off at a fire station in Chicago when they were younger. And so when they were, ba- when they were really young and um, I had never heard that story. So I think getting to see a different side of Kevin Garnett would be amazing. And, and that is one of the stories that um, we want to tell from different perspectives, uh, not only with KG, but is the overall like Ubuntu and that magical 2008 season and, how everything came together and we want to hear from doc and we want to hear from Kevin Garnett and um, to, and I know that we have relived that many times, but to hear it in their voices and, and the excitement that they have um, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. So that's a terrible answer. I, you know, you know, I want to talk to everyone because I feel like this is, these are conversations that we haven't heard before, which is what's so exciting. You know what mine would be, and this is this is fictional because it, right. it it's it's not fictional in the sense that it couldn't happen. It's just fictional in the sense that I believe it wouldn't happen. So I'm not gonna name like Red Auerbach and somebody like the living people. I, I, I wish I, I was around at that time. I think oh, that wouldn't would that would have been unbelievable? Yeah. I would love to have a podcast interview with with Garnett and Ray Allen together. That was um that <laughs> that's was, that's what I want. Thinking. When we had our meeting, that's what Perk wanted. He's like, we got to get Ray on here. And everyone else was like, I don't know. <laughs> so put him in a room. That's it. Just you guys talk it out. We're just going to yeah. put the cameras and microphones on and you guys figure this out. Yeah, I know. As, as really? host of the program, all I'm going to say to you gentlemen is go. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all you have to do to Perk, basically. I mean, yeah. that man. Oh, for Better. sure. Uh, Perk is great. You guys are obviously having a great time with Perk. Uh, love that it's always, especially while he's been in the hotel, everything is always a little bit different between his dog and whatever. I mean, that dude is late night Celtics post game live is where it's at. That, yeah, that was fun. That dude's something else. <laughs> well, uh, coming up, Celtics of course are off on Monday, but back to back Tuesday, Wednesday at home, OKC and Charlotte again. So we'll see how that one goes. Actually, there's uh, four straight games coming up at home after this road trip now. And, uh, you know, countdown's on until the end of the regular season. Then whether it's the play-in tournament or if the Celtics hopefully can avoid that, then uh, we will see. But we covered a lot of ground here. It was a ton of fun, as it always is, whenever Abby is, uh, you know, able to join us, which is terrific. And, uh, you know, really 
making uh, some of us, me in particular, but a little bit, Evan, I think, feel inferior in terms of our backgrounds and yeah. uh, and how well we dressed for this program. But uh, nevertheless, I think my camera stayed on the entire time. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Consider just go audio only. This show I again. Did. Is, uh, I almost did. <laughs> it's powered by uh, betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% sign-up bonus. Make sure if uh, you haven't already that you go out and subscribe or at the very least listen to the View from the Rafters podcast that Abby and Mark and Perk and Sean are all doing. Uh, great listen. Really interesting. Those in-depth, deep-dive conversations are, are where it's at. It's it's truly what every podcast of any kind should aspire to be in terms of just that level of insight and I, i'm not just saying that i mean that uh, i think that those are the best kinds of conversations out there that are so unique uh so again abby thank you for being with us and uh, let's do it again real soon thank you for having me evan valenti i am adam kaufman ev we'll catch you next time uh yeah <laughs> suited and booted ev suited and booted that's it yeah i'll, I'll try and dress better next time for you adam though Right, thank you. I, I will try and uh, up my fashion sense when voting in your Instagram polls. Join Please. us on the next Celtics beat. We'll see you soon. Yeah.